Karlsson, Karlsson, världens bästa Karlsson. Karlsson, Karlsson, hoj här kommer Karlsson. Karlsson, Karlsson, ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Karlsson. Killar jag så bra som mig. Karlsson, Karlsson, Karlsson scores! Carlson. Welcome back Carlson. everybody to part two of the Carlson. Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast, episode 478, where I, Elon Dubrowski, am joined by Steve Laidlaw to work through every single NHL team and try to find some fantasy nuggets to help you out and be successful as hopefully you're heading into your fantasy playoffs. Steve, it looks like I might be heading to my consolation playoffs in that in the couple in the league i was telling you about so you know I, i'm gonna have something to play for at least in all of my leagues so now this advice is becomes... directed from the toilet bowl here we go i'm gonna come in seventh i'm telling you i i mean the only problem is i added a bunch of like random guys with good schedules this week in order to to win my must win matchup here so now i'm gonna somehow have to do well with like jacob silverberg and jacob peltier oh two jacobs well, two Jacobs that I need to figure out what to do with now for next week. But anyway, we got more important things to talk about here. We've gone through to the Rangers. We still have a few more teams that play four times next week as we go through an order of strong uh, NHL schedules to week ones. Uh, on Tampa, so Stamkos was hurt on Saturday, but it looks like he came back today to play for the Lightning, who oh, we were just talking about there in this game with Winnipeg, where it's currently 3-2. to two. Uh, The Lightning have been recently rolling with their three studs all on the top line. Uh, you know, Kucherov, Stamkos, and points. So leaving everyone else to kind of flounder, I guess, on line two, though. Obviously, it's been okay for Alex Killorn because he's scored a goal today from that line with Sorelli and Hagel. Plus, Killorn has been on the top power play. So he is someone that I streamed in in one league, and I'm happy to hold him for as long as he holds that PP1 spot over Hagel, who was there for most of the season. Uh, aside from him, I don't know. It's probably like a lot of people are probably still holding Hagel because of his great season. But are you willing to let go going into your playoffs, especially if he's not on a line with any of Kucherov, Stamkos, Point, and if he's not on the top power play? I dropped him two weeks ago. If, I mean, yeah, I think it's a good point. It's better to have Killorn at this point, right? Just whoever's on the top power play. Yeah, but like I, I just I just went with options off other teams. Playing, mm-hmm. I'm playing that well. Yeah, that's fair. Killorn's been good, but yeah, the Lightning overall, I mean, I'm sure Leafs fans are excited to see that Tampa is struggling a little bit. <laughs> they shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a good point. Well, why, why don't you say why? Because <laughs> the Leafs are going to lose. <laughs> Yeah, fair. Uh, well, one interesting uh, development recently on Tampa, which happened before, so I, like you know, this isn't a rerun here. But Mikhail Sergachev has been on the top power play lately, even with like Hedman had an injury for a little bit, but Hedman is back. But it's been Sergachev on PP one once again, and he's been really good once again. Like he's got three straight games with two assists, and three of those six points were on the power play. But at this point, like I don't want to get fooled. You know, like, I don't want to just, like, recommend on the podcast, like, Sergachev is now about to explode and headman managers should be worried. Like, I feel like I'm just going to assume this will flip again at some point. Is that kind of your feeling as well? Well, I just wonder how actionable this question is. Like, both of these guys are owned in, like, every single league. So if you're talking, like, start sit, then you know, maybe because Tampa Bay doesn't have the greatest schedule. If you're absolutely loaded on defense, then you consider leaving headman off but otherwise like these are 
like Hedman's a top 20 guy and Sergachev is, you know, a, a top 40 guy. So in your average league, like these guys are regular starters for you and they're still playing four games. So you just roll them out there and whomever it happens to be that's getting the top minutes, like the guy getting the secondary minutes is still going to have some value. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm embarrassed to say there was an episode, I don't know, a month ago or something. Sergachev was on a cold streak and wasn't on the top power play. And Brian and I were like, eh, maybe you could let him go. And obviously anyone who did that probably has like unsubscribed and is never going to listen to us again now because maybe that was really bad advice. He had a stretch of only two assists in like 10 games or eight games. Uh, yeah, or maybe not. Like maybe someone jumped on Sandine and they're fine. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I like that. I like the the positive vibes here. Yeah, please, if we've given you any bad advice, try to think of the good times of when we gave you something good. Uh, okay, let's go to Vancouver now. Uh, they're hot all of a sudden. Four straight wins. Thatcher Demko's back. He's doing so great. Are Canucks fans happy, do you think? Or do you think they're like, ah, at least since we sucked, we had a chance at Bedard. This uh, chance at Bedard is fading away. Yeah, the Canucks exist in a perpetual state of existential dread. Like, even they've got a good thing going. They got one of the best teams in the league. You know that Lucy's going to take that football away at some point. And now they're on track to be one of the worst teams in the league in a season when a guy from Vancouver is one of the best prospects that we've ever seen. And they're not going to have a shot at drafting him because they're doing too well with these players that they don't want on their roster suddenly producing. It's yeah, it's that's, Canucks hockey for you. <laughs> Man, yeah, I would be a little... It's like, why couldn't Thatcher Demko have just taken a little longer to heal? <laughs> Maybe that would have worked out better for the team. Uh, but yeah, now there are a lot of players that are super hot. Like uh, Andre Kuzmenko all of a sudden on fire. Like there was that stretch where he was getting like healthy scratch and then the bottom six. Now he's back up playing with Pedersen and uh, eight points in six games for Kuzmenko. So I'm super interested in him if he's somehow available to anyone. Beauvillier, since being traded, was looking really good. Kind of cold lately though. Only two assists in his last five games. If you had a choice between the two moving forward, the two Pedersen uh, even strength and power play line mates, who would you go with between Kuzmenko and Beauvillier? Well, I have time for both, but Kuzmenko is definitely the far more favorable option. The guy's like almost point per game this year. Yeah, it's pretty wild for someone who's had like a lot of controversy and like a lot of moving around the lineup. Yeah, when you just add it all up together, the the final numbers are really strong Yeah, 58 points in 64 games uh after this hot run and yeah you always in fantasy want to favor the goal scorer and kuzmenko yeah has definitely been scoring a lot of goals lately so he's not under contract yet for next year right they're gonna have to figure something out with him or no, no they, they over him. they overpaid him for right. two more years 5.5 mil for two years we'll see how that goes the, the canucks fans are predictably mixed about that Sure. Uh, what I wonder what the Canucks fans are feeling about their other big contract that's about to start next year in JT Miller. He's, you know, part of the reason why Vancouver is not going to get a shot at Bedard anymore. Uh, two straight multi-point games now. Uh, like his his pointals are good. I remember there was so much controversy earlier in the year. People were like, he he was on a bit of a cold streak, and he did that. Like he was yelling at Colin Delia or something, and just Canucks fans were thinking like, oh, why do we have this guy for so long? Do you think Canucks fans are feeling better now about having Miller locked in long term now that he's producing again, or is it still like, why did we do this? Oh, definitely. Why did we do this? And like they're praying that they're able to get like a good return for him at the draft before his full no move clause kicks in. Wow. Has that ever happened? I'm trying to think of a guy who's signed like a long-term contract and then was traded before it kicked in. I can't think of an example. No, me neither. But that would be, um, it would be a very Canucks thing <laughs> to like have all the rumors 
like leading up to the draft be that they're going to trade this guy and then not trade him. You almost wonder if, if like, if they don't want to be locked into this contract, it might be like a Pacioretty situation. Like maybe they, it's like, they just have to get someone to take him away for free. Like, I, I can't imagine you're going to get such a great return for someone who has like such like eight years or like eight plus million dollars. So uh, like, who's going to take that and also give like a ton of assets. I'm sure some other. Yeah. Silly GM will talk themselves into it. I'm sure Pittsburgh was kicking down the door. Does does Hextall still have a job? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on yet. Pittsburgh's made some odd choices at the deadline for sure. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, anyway, so that's Vancouver. Um, we'll see how that how that all works out there. Uh, yeah, a, a weird season for them, definitely. Uh, but they're hot right now. Uh, so I guess if you're a Canucks fan, just enjoy it. Uh, let's go to Seattle now. So now we're getting to teams with only three games. But at least they have one off-day game. So they're not like a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. You get one. And Seattle's one comes on Monday. They play Monday, Thursday, Saturday. And they have a couple guys on hot streaks now that I think have been like really nice, pleasant surprises for anyone who was able to draft them. So I wanted to get your sense of who's been the bigger surprise, the bigger like, good for you. Like, that's awesome. I didn't think you you had it in you. Uh, In like Jared McCann, who was pointless in the last game versus Dallas, but still is like super hot, like seven goals and five assists in his last nine games. Games. McCann is now pacing for 43 goals, just having a tremendous season. Super valuable in fantasy, especially for leagues that give it extra points for goals. Uh, then on defense, Vince Dunn now has like 13 points in his last nine games. He's pacing Dunn for 66 points on the season, like uh, like elite defenseman production here. Uh, so yeah, what, what's your take on these guys? Are are like one of them someone that you expected they could do this, or are they both just like like huge surprises to you, like they are kind of to me? No, I think they're both surprises like who thought Seattle would score so much he kind of figured they would be following what they did last year and be more of a defensive lower scoring team and so like they were both interesting but you were thinking them like more as like borderline waiver wire type options like if they're really good then they might splash and be a little bit more than that for me and the fact they've been a lot more than that um it, it says a lot like it's probably done because he's owned in just about every fantasy league by now, whereas McCann is still kind of kicking around the waiver wire just because he's been so hot cold. Yeah, Seattle, like, yeah, they're going to go to the playoffs and it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do. They have a lot. We did a podcast with the Fantasy Hockey Life guys, Victor and Jesse and and Shams came on it and we did a draft of only players. This was like around the uh, All-Star break or Christmas time, I think, actually. And we were we did a draft of like only players who are 50% rostered or less on Yahoo were eligible to be drafted. And we drafted a player per team. And I think it was like Seattle, like every single forward was available to be drafted. <laughs> and like, and this is not a team like Chicago right now, you know, or Nashville, like we just talked about where you thought I was making up names. Like, uh, yeah, they've got a lot of guys who like, you know, McCann, Beneers, Eberly, like all doing pretty well lately. Even Bjorkstrand. Uh, was able to get a goal in the last game. It's been a little while since we've heard from him, but yeah, he's like taking some shots and looking good. So yeah, Seattle like can score some goals. We'll see if they get the goaltending in the playoffs. I guess that'll be a big problem for them, but we'll see how it goes. Okay, next up, let's go to the Carolina Hurricanes. So they go Tuesday and then Friday, Saturday. So maybe you're kind of like, you know, uh, waiting. And then for Friday, Saturday, you consider grabbing a Hurricanes player if you can. And I guess the one guy that would be tempting to grab is Yessi Pugliarvi, just because with Svechnikov injured today, uh, looks like the line, like Aho, Pugliarvi, and Jarvis has been the top line 
Uh, though, on the other hand, like I said earlier, Carolina hasn't scored a goal yet today. So that probably is a sign that this isn't going to last. And you know, this is not the first time, believe, believe it or not, Steve, I know you're going to be shocked by this. This isn't the first time that we've talked about Jesse Pugliarvi on an exciting looking line just to the next week say that, oh, well, he didn't do anything. Forget about him. So yeah, he's used to this, uh, playing with superstars yeah. and not producing. Not a goal scorer. Don't count on them. Don't be bullish about this. If there's a reason to be excited um, about a Carolina guy that's probably uh, available in your league, it's Kochetkov, Um, because if Rant is still hurt, they've got that back-to-back coming up. And I know um, Kochetkov isn't currently winning the game that he's playing in today, but uh, you want to be rolling out Carolina goaltenders. So that's a, a very um, potential, potentially valuable streamer. Yeah, especially if your league like focuses a lot on wins. Like I feel like my one concern sometimes with Carolina goalies is they're so good defensively that they only let in like sometimes 20, 25 shots. And so you might get a bad save percentage if they even just let in like a couple goals. But uh, they're a very good team. So you're going to get a really good chance at wins with Kachikov, that's for sure. Yeah, two goals on 15 shots and you're like, well, he won. <laughs> Yeah, so it really depends on your scoring. Uh, we talked about Natchez. So I was going to bring him up. He he continues to do really well. But yeah, I think we've covered him. And we'll see if Dawson Mercer follows the same trajectory. Uh, let's go to the Islanders now, another team that plays three times. Here we've got Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. So you can get those two early games if you have room on Tuesday and then move on. Though I don't really want to talk about streamers on the Islanders. They're just such like a boring team. If anything, I want to talk about Bo Horvat, who they spent big on. They've extended. And he He's like, it's not going well, like for fantasy, at least. Like he started strong on his new team. He was playing with Matt Barzal. Looked like they had some great chemistry. With Barzal out now, I'm looking at one assist in Horvat's last five games. And that's it. No goals. Uh, do you think that this is like a player, like when we when it's all said and done and we look at like whose value like fell the most from a deal that happened at the deadline or around the deadline? I guess you brought up Eric Gustafsson. I guess you can't fall worse than him going from like a great power play defenseman to someone who like you can't even roster. But Horvat definitely fell a lot because he was cruising on Vancouver. And yeah, with the bad luck of the Barzal injury, I wonder if he's someone you even need to consider if you're going to hold for your fantasy playoffs, if you could find someone with a better schedule. Yeah, I was very curious to see where Horvat was going to end up at this trade deadline because circumstance was certainly playing a very important role. Like I, I, I was very excited for him to just stay in Vancouver because they have this phenomenal schedule during the fantasy playoffs, like not just this week, but going forward, they have a lot of games remaining and they're one of the most offensive environments in the league and then he goes to like the least offensive environment in the league so even though it was like oh we're going to put parzell on the wing and they're going to be flashy together and it's like you got the goal scorer and the playmaker and da 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 like it's going to be really good ultimately i was just like i'm out on horvat and i didn't have him in any leagues but he went from a guy that i was going to pursue in trades to a guy i couldn't touch yeah, and now like moving forward, he's going to be on the Islanders for a very long time. I think there is something to him playing with Barzal, and maybe they can be good. So maybe for next year, you might be able to... I don't know, it'll be tough because he might be overrated because of his overall totals, or he might be underrated because of how badly he's doing right now. So it'll be interesting to see. But like right now, man, like his line mates, he's been playing with Anders Lee, and then... Looks like in the last game, he had some time with that. They played with Pierre Engvall for a bit, with Simon Holmstrom for a bit. 
So yeah, not ideal for Bo Horvat to be playing with guys like that instead of, you know, the much uh, flashier names that he had over in Vancouver. Uh, I guess let's go to Philly now. So again, three games, including an off day game. They're playing Tuesday and then Friday, Saturday. Uh, Philly, another team that's been not so great lately. So obviously it's not going to be like a team that you're going to be looking to stream someone from. The one player that's interesting to me right now, not for points, but for everything else, like Owen Tippett has had nine, three, and eight shots in his three games this week. Uh, Also, he has nine blocks in his last four games. So he's pulling an Austin Matthews here of not only shooting, but also blocking. Of course, unlike Matthews, he's not getting points. That's the only thing Owen Tippett isn't doing. But yeah, doing everything else, uh, you got to imagine something's got to go in at some point soon, right? Like uh, Mikhail Backlund was super cold for a while after he was hot, but he was still taking a lot of shots. And we had a question on our on our Discord being like, what should I do with Backlund? And I was like, I think if he keeps shooting, something's going to go in. And then yesterday, Backlund scored a goal. I feel like it's got to be similar for Tippett, right? I'll be really surprised if he keeps on having like eight and nine shot games that nothing's going to go in. Yeah, he'll definitely score again. A really underrated um, multicat producer, uh, like I think he's over 150 shots, 150 hits on the year. Like he's someone to be eyeballing as one of those power forward types that you you want to take in the late rounds of your draft going forward. Yeah, and especially if you know they'll be fully healthy. I don't know if like Philly ever is like fully healthy for that long, but for however long they can be, if he could be playing with like a connecting and they could get something going, like he could also be like an offensive guy. But yeah, also nice that he gets those other peripherals as well. Uh, but yeah, another rough year for Philly. Like someone was asking about their fantasy league going into the playoffs and like who they should drop from their team. And I saw Carter Hart there, and I was like, ugh. You're, you're at risk of getting blown up if you have a Philly goaltender, even if Hart's going to play a lot of games for you. Uh, it's too bad. I wonder, that's, I guess that's another guy. Like I brought up, who was it? Gibson and Vaymelka, wondering how they would look on a good team. I guess Carter Hart also. Like, how do we know? Like, someone like John Gibson, let me ask you, Steve. Like, we, we've been, uh, you know, doing this for a while. John Gibson's been around, always like a goalie that we th- think is good, but is on this bad team. Like, do you think, like, let's say if Gibson was on Tampa Bay instead of Vasilevsky, would we be talking about Gibson? As like one of these like great goalies of the past decade, like uh, so much so much goes into like this goalie's legacy is totally dependent on who drafted him. Yeah, I don't think we'd be talking about him like Vasilevsky, but certainly we'd be. He wouldn't have died off the way he has like the last what five years now. Yeah, so I hope that it doesn't go the same for Carter Hart. Uh, like he seems like he has a lot of potential. But uh, yeah, this team is not working out well for him. Uh, oh, and by the way, another team with... Uh, okay, this is like the flip side. Vegas is taking goalies who I think are like not that great and turning them into studs. Like Aiden Hill going into this year. I I didn't have much time for Aiden Hill. I didn't think he was anything special. He's gone on a nice roll. Uh, now, recently, Hill's injured. Like everyone's injured. Brassois, Hill, Thompson, like you need Lanner, I guess. Uh, so they have Jonathan Quick, who I was like, wow, good luck getting some good games from Jonathan Quick, who's had like such a terrible year with LA. All of a sudden, his first three games with Vegas were all great, and he shut out Carolina on Saturday. So somehow Vegas is just a great place for goalies to play. And all of a sudden now Jonathan quick for as long as these other goalies are injured, looks like he'll be a volume guy. Like they have someone named Yuri Patera who I saw a tweet today is like the first ever Vegas drafted goalie to play a game for them. Uh, so good. I thought you were going to say first ever Vegas drafted player to play for. Oh, is that true? Might be. <laughs> no, <laughs> they always trade their draft picks. 
Yeah, but Patera is coming in today. I'd really never heard of him. He's stopped 20 of 22 so far. Uh, Vegas is up 3-2 over St. Louis after the second. Uh, but yeah, like I'm assuming that Jonathan Quick is going to get all the games except for a back-to-back where maybe this Patera is going to get in. But like he's Jonathan Quick. So I don't know. Like I have these two conflicting thoughts in my head now where it's like on one hand, I don't want to recommend Jonathan Quick. But on the other hand, it seems like Vegas goalies are pretty solid. And actually, if you look at next week's schedule, it's Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And if you look at the teams, they're playing Philly, Calgary, and Columbus. So not super scary teams. I feel like there's a decent chance that Quick could have three wins in these games. Have I told you the parable of the scorpion <laughs> and the frog? Okay, so Quick versus Gibson. Is there a, do I, Which one gives you more confidence? This isn't the normal Jonathan Quick. This is Vegas Jonathan Quick, Steve. It's totally different. I'll just eat it live scorpion <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so maybe uh, for volume he's probably gonna play i'm sure you'll give me that but yeah i guess you don't want to rely on someone who's had such a terrible like this season last season like for a while now all right so we are we're winding our way down here i think we're now finally at the uh boring old tuesday thursday saturday teams uh, not even three games with one off day. So we'll take a quick break. We're going to go to Arizona next, where I'm sure you're going to remind me of that parable once again. Uh, but yeah, you're listening to Kevin Carlson. We'll be back soon. All right. I am back with Steve Laidlaw, working through every NHL team, trying to find some tidbit of interest to help you be successful in your fantasy leagues. We're up to the Coyotes now. And I mentioned earlier, they brought up Ivan Prosvitov uh, for this game against Nashville on Thursday, and he did really well. He stopped 39 of 40. Uh, I saw a tweet from Craig Morgan where he talked to the GM, Bill Armstrong, on why this happened. And he said, here's the quote, we are not going to make the playoffs, so we have an opportunity to view one of our prospects at the NHL level and see what he can do. And then, like, as I said, Prosvitov did well. So are we looking at a three-headed monster here in Arizona, do you think, for the rest of the season? Which I guess would mean no goalie has, like, any value, if anyone did before. Like, at one point, Vemelko was looking like a great goalie for leagues where you just care about volume. Now, all of a sudden, it's, like, the opposite. Like, you can't trust anyone to play more than a game or two a week at max. I'd be curious to see how Arizona's AHL affiliate is doing. Because... If they're in any kind of run, then Prosvitov is probably going back down and and getting regular starts for them, and he Mm. won't really muddy the waters. But if they're not, then if they can give him games at the NHL level and keep getting looks at him, then they might keep doing that. So that's some further research to do there. All right. Well, maybe we could get someone in the chat here while we keep talking to look into uh, how the Arizona affiliate is doing over there. Because, yeah, Prosvitov is clearly their starting goalie. Uh, I'm seeing here also in the chat, Shams is sharing here that uh, Nick Schmaltz isn't playing today due to a lower body injury. Also, Kristen Fisher. But, of course, Nick Schmaltz is the big name. So definitely someone to keep an eye on. That would definitely be a bummer if you're losing someone like him who's been so hot, like right going into your fantasy playoffs. So at least it was a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday schedule. So maybe you just get to fit someone else in and you don't actually lose any games played. Uh, I wonder what this means for like a Barrett Hayton who's been doing really well lately. He's got points in three straight, nine points in his last 11 games. It's been Hayton with Schmaltz and Keller and they've just been cruising for a while now. Is there a chance that like Barrett Hayton is actually good like at first i was like yeah he's in a good spot like he's got a couple points but i'm not going to buy in on him he's like been such a bust but at this point do we have to consider the possibility that barrett hayden is good like maybe not fifth overall pick good but maybe even like is there any vindication for cheka i guess that's what i'm asking you here okay well oh hold on a second so as a fellow western alum i'm not going to stand for any cheka slander 
Um, the only vindication that he needs is um, from the continued bovine excrement taking place with that team. So they're, like they're just a complete Ponzi scheme of a franchise. And I don't think that he needs to be vindicated at all because clearly there was no way he could have won there. And just like this current group can't win there. So, but Barrett Hayton, he could be fine. Uh, Clearly Schmaltz and Keller are like, that connection is real. Those guys are excellent playmakers with the puck and they have real chemistry slot anyone in there. And they're probably going to do, pretty reasonably well and i mean you can't be a complete zero and produce so the fact that hayden is producing in that slot and he needs to take advantage of this because there's better players on the way so if he can prove that he's got some value vitality there then maybe he gets to stick around but honestly like schmaltz is getting traded this summer because he makes more money than what his cap hit is like they backload all their contracts so they can trade guys away before they actually have to pay them real money. So um, they're just going to keep cycling out options. So uh, that, that chemistry that we were looking at, it, it could be pretty short lived. Man, that's like kind of depressing when you say it like that. And it's probably true. Uh, so yeah, you're saying it's more like, yeah, Hayden's doing well, but he's also in a spot where like anyone would do like kind of good. So yeah, maybe he's like decent, but yeah, he's obviously like getting in on the Schmaltz and Keller connection. Uh, when you say that Cheka, like what could he have even done? Like the next GM is just as bad. I, I will just throw out that they could have picked Quinn Hughes in that spot instead of Barrett Hayden. But yeah, that, uh, you know, also Detroit also messed that up by picking Zadina in that spot. And I guess also Montreal messed it up by taking Kakaniemi at three. So that draft didn't go so well for a couple teams. Uh, let's go now to... Oh, I did hold, want to on, say hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Before, before we leave the Coyotes, we have to talk about Yusuf Alanaki. Because oh, this guy's okay. available like everywhere. And since they started sitting Chikrin, he's got 12 assists and 35 blocks in 16 games he's playing over 22 minutes a night like if keller and schmaltz are making magic and barrett hayton's kind of valuable like use of has been disgustingly valuable yeah no it's a good point like lately he's cold and i talked about him last week so i kind of figured like yeah no nothing in his last three games but yeah he's on the top power play uh calgary just i guess gave him away calgary gave them another guy also uh mackie in a deal and he's been getting some time he's more of a like a perifs guy but yeah valamaki and the nice thing is even though he's pointless in his last three games he has five blocks and four blocks in each of his last couple games so at least he's helping you somewhere uh so yeah i i guess like if you want a top power play you would you take valamaki over i i am assuming you would from your answer back then but like a top power play on on columbus like adam bokvist yeah d- uh, boone jenner or talk to me about another team Okay, fair enough. So, uh, by the way, from the chat here, Andy is saying the Tucson Roadrunners are not doing well in the standings. So it's possible that uh, Prasvatov maybe will get some more time in Arizona, if your theory is correct. Yeah, I'll be fascinated. Like, let's make sure we bookmark this hot take that Prasvatov will continue to muddle the situation because the Tucson Roadrunners are doing poorly. Ah, frustrating. I actually have Vaymelka in my dynasty league and I traded a good piece for him, which I don't even want to say at the start of the year. Cause I thought like this league like has saves. I just thought like, this is going to be a volume guy. I don't even care if he wins games. He seems to have a good save percentage. Now all of a sudden, like what in my playoffs, he's going to play like once a week. Ridiculous. Well, the, 
they'll probably trade him to a good team this summer because they're a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> okay, well, I, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, okay, uh, Calgary, another Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. All of us, again, goalies, who could know, right? Jacob Markstrom now is playing all the time. There was a time when we were talking on the podcast about how like, Dan Vladar might be stealing stars because he's been doing better. Like At this point, I think like you know the coach came out, Sutter came out and just said, like we need to start playing Markstrom a lot, and he has, and he's been pretty good lately, actually. And it's like funny because I remember there was a point on our Discord where a lot of people were asking if it's time to just drop Markstrom and most of us were saying like yeah at this point he's like playing half the games he's not doing well and now like for your fantasy playoffs it looks like you'd really like to have him so what do we do like i don't even know how to should we even play fantasy maybe without goalies would we, would we all be happier if we were playing fantasy hockey only with forwards and defensemen i mean there's something to be said for like you just go team goalies and right you only have like saves and wins i don't know I I subscribed to the zero goalie strategy this year. So, so yeah. So in these leagues where you're making the playoffs, like can you share some of your uh, goalie tandems that you're rolling with? So I've got the three headed monster of Kochikov, Anderson, Ranta, uh, along with Vanacek, and I just dropped Tristan Jari from one of my squads. Oh wow! And then the other one, I'm rolling out. Uh, I still have Jari, and I have Hellebuck, and I have Vanacek. And then in the last league, I have Skinner and Corpus Dallo. Yeah, so that last league especially, like both guys that you probably just got out of free agency. And we'll see. Yeah, I guess with Corpus Dallo, he'll probably just go 50-50. He seems like he's in a good spot in L.A., so yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like, why waste a high? like? I get if you could get Vasilevsky, like I, you know, he's convinced me. But even like a Hellebuck, we just talked about, he like isn't playing that well now. So you really can't depend on anyone to be for sure. And then there's always these random guys that end up being good. So it's a good strategy. Yep, zero goalie. It's the way of the future. I think so. Until uh, unless the NHL teams start doing what Winnipeg is doing and just playing a starter all the time, at least then you could depend on someone for starts. They did that for years. Have you have you heard the one of where uh, Mike Keenan decided that he was going to play Grant Fear every single game for an entire season? And what happened? I think that was the end of Grant Fear's career. <laughs> ah, that's a shame. I know Marty Brodeur used to play like a ton of games. I remember Brian and I once played a game of trying to guess like who was the backup goalie on New Jersey in some of these years, and it was really hard to know. It was probably Kevin Weeks. Ah, maybe. Okay, so since we're on Calgary, I wanted to bring up a cold streak here. Rasmus Anderson is cold all of a sudden. Only uh, one goal and no assists in his last five games. Only three points in his last ten games. Heading into a fantasy playoffs, it's been a good season overall for Anderson. But like cold at the worst time. Like I said, Calgary plays just Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, so a bad schedule. Would you consider like dropping him at this point, or is he just someone that you wrote him all year? You got to just hang on and hope that he bounces back. Yeah, it all, it all depends on what we're dropping them for, what we're picking them up for. Um, but certainly, I would have some interest in um, keeping them around because there's a decent opportunity there. But ultimately, if you're looking at potentially getting in a bunch more games because of streamers, then I like the idea of, of Anderson being the guy who you end up dumping. Yeah, it's too bad. For a while, he was looking good. Like Noah Hannafin also had some value, but lately, yeah, just Calgary is not a great place to get offense. As I know, as I streamed in that Jacob Peltier at the start of this week for a good schedule, <laughs> hasn't yielded anything of value to me. 
Uh, okay, next up, Chicago. Another Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. This is a team where, again, if I were to read the lines, you would tell me that I'm potentially making up some names. Also, like the two guys who are on the biggest hot streaks right now on this team with no Patrick Kane, no Max Domi, no nothing. Uh, Taylor Radish is looking really good lately. He has four points in his last three games, and he's on a line with someone named Cole Gutman who has three points in his last three games. Like this is totally going to be just like, you can't rely on anyone. Like next week, I'm sure it'll be radish has no points. And maybe Athens to and Khrushchev pick up something like Lucas Reichel. I know is like the one name that people are kind of excited about on Chicago for the forwards that like has a future where he'll potentially be good. But man, this team is brutal. And now with a three game week, I just can't think of any reason. Like, I don't care how good Taylor radish is doing. There's no way you're holding him in a week where Chicago plays only on busy days. Right. Yeah, that would be really hard. But you look at his like per minute production, and this is one of those guys that a contender might have considered going out and grabbing for their third or fourth line scoring. Um, and maybe that's ultimately his fate. But so- something to keep in mind going into next season, if they don't grab a bunch of veterans on one-year deals, does this guy suddenly fill a very valuable slot. And I would just say, if you're in like the deepest of leagues, Cole Gutman, the guys winning face-offs and playing with the best offensive players. Yeah, I actually did add Gutman in my dynasty league for the face-offs. And yeah, he's been doing pretty good. And he did get an assist on that Radish goal versus Tampa Bay yesterday. So yeah, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Cole Gutman. That, a lot, I've learned a lot of new names this season uh, from some of these teams. Everyone's tanking for Bedard, so it helps us uh, learn about some new players that you didn't think were going to play in the NHL. Uh, okay, so next up, LA. Another Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Kevin Fiala is hurt, so we still don't know like for how long. I'd imagine there's no reason for them to rush him back since LA seems to be pretty comfortably in a playoff spot. So their lines in the last game, they had, of course, this like Kopitar, Kempe, and Byfield line. And then Deneau, Arvidsson, Trevor Moore. So Moore is back. So I guess they have these two lines that we could have penciled. Well, I guess Byfield wasn't someone we had penciled in, but like he's been there now for a while. And then, yeah, I have followed Lazat and Velarde. So I guess you're pretty much without Fiala. Just you have those top two lines and really just the top line that's especially interesting. And wow, Quinton Byfield all of a sudden turning into something midway through the season. He had a stretch of five games in a row where he had an assist in each of those games before finally going quiet in that game against Nashville where he just couldn't get anything past Kevin Lankinen and who could right with the way he's been playing but yeah byfield all of a sudden uh looking like maybe he is uh you know deserving of this uh, second overall pick like he's super young only 20 years old playing on the top line i'm curious to know like do you think that this guy is someone that's going to be a superstar soon like from what you're seeing and the chemistry he has on this line with kopitar is this striking you as someone that you think like sky's the limit moving forward yeah i mean I'd be lying if there wasn't a little bit of doubt creeping in, but it certainly hasn't been the best opportunity for development, but the way that things have kind of shaken out for him, but uh, I, I grabbed Byfield and was like really geared up even as a contender to try to find a way to get the draft picks in order to be able to draft Byfield in my dynasty. And with the idea that this is going to be like this massive number one centerman, um going forward and i'm still not willing to move him i'm convinced he's gonna be like a huge fantasy asset power forward number one centerman 
Yeah, and hey, I mean, it's it's a good sign that you have a 20-year-old on a team that's, like, contending. They're not doing this just to give him an opportunity, because why not? Like, they have him on the top line, so obviously they have faith that he can be good. And yeah, Kopitar's been, like, so great lately, so I guess that's the reason why Byfield won't be the number one centerman right now. But I guess Kopitar won't be around forever, though the way he's playing this season, definitely not slowing down. Just had a three-assist game versus Colorado a couple games ago, pacing for, like, 75, so just another vintage Kopitar season. Uh, also, let's talk about quickly about Gavrikov. I guess this is, like, again, another one of these really deep cuts but ever since he's come over from columbus he's looked like someone who can can pick up some points he has two points in his last three games uh four blocks in that last game against nashville so you know you're going to get the peripherals probably from gavrikov and la you know paid a handsome enough price for him and it looks like they're going to play him a lot and maybe he'll be able to get in on some points here yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going for gavrikov it's not for the points but he's capable of putting up some shots and he's capable of hitting some people and blocking some shots. So there's there's some streamer value there, but maybe not this week. Yeah, exactly, with the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Okay, and, and speaking of, yeah, more of these Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday teams, there's a lot of them. Uh, the Oilers, so I guess the big news there is that Evander Kane is back. So good for them. We'll see. Oh, this is your, your favorite team, so you'll probably have a, a lot to say, potentially. Uh, so they've been rolling McDavid, Hyman, and Kane, and then RNH, Drysaddle, and Kyler Yamamoto. Uh, do you feel like these are the lines now for a while, or are we going to once again do the blender like we always do in Edmonton? Oh, the blender is definitely a possibility. And I mean, they can always go to that 7D 11 forward lineup that they love to go with, which really only benefits like McDavid and Dreisaitl because those guys just end up playing more minutes. Yeah, and they could definitely handle it. They've had such an incredible year. It's like, we just can't talk about them all the time. But like, I I want to. You see these highlights of what they're doing. Uh, On defense, by the way, we talked about Bouchard being a big winner of the trade deadline with Barry being sent to Nashville. He's uh, living up to it, right? Six points in his last four games. Uh, As an Oilers fan, were you like excited for Bouchard to finally get this opportunity? And like, did you think that he was gonna be able to run with it like he has? Oh, I knew he would. And it absolutely mortified me as someone who was heavily invested in Tyson Berry to see that happen. But I immediately yeah. made the swap. Bouchard was available in one of my leagues and I had Amazing. Barry and I immediately made the swap because you just knew. You knew it was going to happen. There's Bouchard's still not as good at the job as Barry was, but he's better at some of the other things. But if you're just looking in terms of who's the best at running that power play, it was Barry, but you'll take a little bit of slippage because ultimately most of the work is being done by those other guys. If you're looking for like a fun little quirk and you're watching an Oilers game, watch Bouchard try to make the dump or like the, the drop back pass as he's leading the rush up the ice. Like eventually it always gets dropped back to McDavid. Every team does this, the drop back pass to your best skater to get the zone entry on the power play. And he is so awkward at doing this drop pass that like they've started having him like not even do it. They're having like dry side will do it because like he can't do it. He looks, it's, I don't know. It's one of those weird idiosyncrasies. Um, But yeah, like phenomenal player has all the skill in the world and eventually he's going to figure this stuff out. 
Yeah, it kind of reminds me of back when Boston uh, let Tory Krug go and then gave the top power play to McAvoy. And then maybe for a while there was some growing pains, but now it seems like McAvoy is pretty good at it. Though, actually, as I say it, this is a week where Orlov took the spot. Uh, but yeah, you'd think that Bouchard, I mean, they've been grooming him, I guess, for a while. So now he finally gets the chance. I, I, also, Ekholm comes over. Like, what did you think of this trade? They gave up a lot of assets to get Matias Ekholm, who's still under contract for like a 6.25 cap hit for four years. But he's like looked pretty good anyways, like in his first few games with Edmonton, at least in terms of the stats like he scored in the last game versus toronto took four shots in the previous game he had six hits and four blocks so I, i'm liking even though ekholm's like you know not getting the power play time it seems like he's going to have a nice opportunity to get points just from being on the ice for so much even strength time with the superstars well and i think that he's going to get a ton of peripherals too just because the oilers play such a loose game that he's going to have opportunities to get blocked shots and he's going to have opportunities to hit people because the Oilers don't have the puck all the time. Like they often don't have the puck. So there's going to be opportunities for lots of peripherals and they're still going to, like they still win the shot counter quite a bit when Ekholm's out there because he is exactly what they needed and he has made Bouchard's life, all of their players' lives, infinitely easier. He's hands down the best defenseman on their team. And the only thing that you're concerned about is like how much runway does Ekholm have left? But ultimately, yeah, very, very pleased. Not Didn't love the price that they had to pay, but who cares? Like that you, you have to go get the best players in order and players that fit what you need in order to win during this window when you have like the freakiest seasons going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely makes sense. Yeah, while you have your big super, generational superstars. Uh, okay, so let's take uh, another quick break. I guess our final break, and then we'll burn through the remaining teams here with Steve Laidlaw. So we'll be back in just a sec. You're listening to Keeping Carlson. Welcome back to Keeping Carlson. I, Elon Dabrowski, still here with Steve Laidlaw to finish off our conversation of every single NHL team giving a take going into the playoffs. We're into these teams with brutal schedules for you, at least for next week in your quarterfinals if you're starting a playoffs over on Yahoo. And uh, let's go to the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. The big news out of Ottawa last week is that Cam Talbot is out three weeks and in his place, like Mad Sogard has been around, but lately he's been, as Lewis dubbed him, uh, Bad's no guard because he hasn't looked as good as he did when he first was coming up. Uh, in his last three games, Sogard has led in five, four, and four goals. So just brutal. Today, uh, Kevin Mandelis has gotten the start against Calgary. So that game has just started. We'll see how it goes. Well, I was thinking when Talbot was out, I was like, everyone rush out to get Sogard for your fantasy players. You're going to have a volume goalie on, on a team that was surging. Now, all of a sudden, not that exciting. So there you go. That's goalies. Ottawa got Jacob Chicker, and I was really excited to see them continue this like great winning streak they were on. But now they've lost two of their last three games. Uh, so, Steve, would you be uh, – is this like another situation like a Jonathan Quick or, or, or Gibson? Like, you know, play at your own risk if you want to try out Matt Sogard here? No, absolutely. That's a, that's a terrifying set of circumstances. Um, but it could be a nice run for you because certainly the Senators um, are, are quite loaded. I'm curious, Elon, what you think about the Senators beyond this season? Because suddenly I think that they're in a circumstance where they could be next year's New Jersey or Carolina, like one of these exciting young teams, like they have more than six forwards that should be on a top power play unit. 
and they have more than two defensemen that should be on a top power play unit. So how's this all going to shake out? Because there's a lot of guys with a lot of offensive talent and someone is going to get short shrift or are they so loaded that their top power play unit guys are like really good. And then the rest of the guys are like, it's kind of like St. Louis last year. We're just like, everyone's pouring in points. Everything's going in because they've got three defensemen that are fantasy worthy and they've got eight forwards that are fantasy worthy. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting, I guess, as a Sens fan, right? And don't forget like Josh Norris has been out all year and he's supposed to be like another one of these big names on the team. So yeah, things could end up looking really good uh, for next year. And yeah, in terms of like who gets and loses value, like we were already having that conversation going into this season, right? Because there were like six good forwards in the top six and only four forward power play spots. But like Claude Giroux hasn't been on the top power play and is having this like amazing season. So yeah, it definitely could be a situation like you're saying where they can be like a New Jersey and just have like a ton of guys getting points. Points. Uh, so like I'm pretty optimistic. I guess the big question mark is in net. Like if Sogard isn't the answer, as he hasn't been in these last three games, uh, Talbot seems super injury prone. I guess Forsberg is good sometimes, but yeah, now he's hurt. So I think maybe Ottawa needs to be trading with Arizona again. Maybe they get Vemelka. That could be the final piece of the puzzle. I don't know. Definitely. I mean, Forsberg tore what both of his knees at once. Oof! Terrible. Like how do you how does that happen other than like falling out of a building i mean yeah i that's really i we shouldn't laugh uh I, it's really like it's like obviously he's like a professional athlete i wouldn't be surprised if he comes back again but if that was me like i would never walk again so that would be it so we'll, we'll see if he comes back at some point uh, but i don't don't think the sense should be depending on him that's for sure uh by the way uh my jake i, I anti-jinx jacob peltier he has an assist on uh, calgary's goal today so unfortunately for uh, kevin mandley's so far you know starting off like Sogard probably would have and we'll see how the rest of this game goes it's just one nothing for Calgary um, anyway okay so next up let's go to Pittsburgh another Tuesday Thursday Saturday so Pittsburgh had that win today over the Rangers and they are also just like the Rangers rolling with some brand new lines uh, so Brian Rust back on the top line I know people were uh, a lot of people drafted him clearly like too high in hindsight uh, hoping that he would be top line and top power play he's still off the PP1 there but Rust was playing with Crosby and Gensel and then recently called up Alex Nylander was playing with Malkin and Zucker making Ricard Raquel have to play down on the third line with Grandland and Drew O'Connor but of course Raquel still gets top power play and he did score a power play goal today he also scored a goal yesterday also from the third line so it seems like Raquel might be fine like if this was like earlier in the season I'd be like oh maybe time to consider selling high because you know it's I don't expect him to but anyways you can't sell you can't make trades right now anyway so obviously you just roll Raquel and hope that he continues to produce regardless uh but then you know if the Penguins had a good schedule I would be like maybe Alex Nylander becomes interesting because he's playing with Malkin but yeah for next week I would just wait and see because maybe by the time you could actually get him in a game things change and then the other big news here Jason Zucker on a hot streak he scored in four straight games two goals against columbus and then one in each of uh, islanders philly and the rangers zucker was so cold for a while like that's a, and that's just his last four if you look at his last 10 there's even more goals where's this coming from all of a sudden jason zucker like a superstar when before that he had such a long quiet stretch in the middle of the season it's funny if you want to talk about hot takes exposed one of the ones that i i remember vividly from when i was on here in the fall was zucker was off to a hot start i said that the, like the thing with zucker and, and the penguins is they're old and they get hurt and so he might be doing good now but he's gonna get hurt 
and then he's not going to be producing and it he hasn't really slowed down that much yeah like there was a cold stretch at one point but if he was dropped i would definitely jump on zucker now like maybe even with this bad schedule like he had eight shots also in this game today against the rangers and one of them went in like i would love top power play but if the pickings are slim zucker yeah is like you want guys who can score. He's like a Jared McCann right now. Like I said, just like scoring a lot. He's shooting more than McCann even. So yeah, nice. Like overall, you look at the total numbers. We're looking at a 56-point pace and like a 30-goal pace for Zucker. So yeah, if he stays healthy, he's playing with Malkin, who seems like he's as good as ever. I don't want to... Okay, I won't even say it, but it's exciting. I can't I can't say something and not say it, unfortunately. But yeah, Malkin playing a lot of games this year, which is not yeah. something you're used to seeing. So. I'm curious to see how the how if they could finish off strong there, at least in terms of the games played department. But yeah, nice little run for Jason Zucker here. Uh, over on San Jose, we've got another Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. They've like you know really sold at the deadline. So I guess in theory, there's some like new names playing with good players. Like Hurdle is on a line with Zetterland and William Eklund, who like last week we talked about how like it's exciting that Eklund is going to get a chance to come up. And yeah, hasn't been that good. Hopefully we didn't like sell him too hard. Like he is playing on this line with Hurdle and on the top power play, but pointless in four. Uh, we actually had a question on Twitter like about someone in a dynasty league trying to decide between uh, Quinn on Buffalo and uh eckland like for next season and, and like moving forward uh who who would you take of the two like is eckland not doing well now and san jose is probably going to continue like victor from another podcast that that we're friends with uh was saying that he thinks that san jose will continue to be a tire fire so that's why he was picking jack quinn but i feel like eckland is the better player but yeah san jose just really emptied the cupboards here well it's hard to argue with jack quinn making the leap to the NHL and showing that he is definitively an NHL player capable of producing. But you talk about opportunity, there is more opportunity for Eklund going forward. Can he seize that opportunity? I don't know. But I like the fact that at least in San Jose, you have Carlson absolutely driving things and piling up points. And you have two veteran centermen that are capable in couture and hurdle. Now, this could be the only time that we ever see this from Carlson again. He's forever injured. Um and and maybe this was just you know one last one last flash of brilliance um from a potential Hall of Fame player and then ultimately uh never never heard from again. Uh and and that would definitely hurt Eklund's value because they have like almost nothing else on defense. So um, my lean would be Quinn just because he's shown over a full season that he is an NHL player, but like every player, there's going to be ups and downs. So like the opportunity with Eklund, prefer the fact that Quinn's proven himself. Yeah. It's kind of like Eklund's much more likely to get top power play, but Quinn is like already shown that he could do stuff and he's on a team that is gonna like you'll have good players for him to play with at least hurdle somehow like good for Tomas hurdle he's lost everyone and he's scored goals in four of his last five games he's had five shots in four of his last five games he's also throwing hits like he's doing his best to help us in our fantasy leagues if you have him uh but yeah he's one of the only bright spots him and Eric Carlson this season uh okay next up I guess now we're down to two teams that play only twice next week to finish things off detroit plays tuesday saturday and florida plays thursday saturday so there's really like it's going to be hard to convince you to want to take a detroit player like obviously you want dylan larkin aside from that like 
it's it is kind of fun to see Alex Chase on somehow back in the league once again on a top power play, and now he's got four points in his last three games. He scored a power play goal in each of those games this weekend versus Boston. Alex Chason, who knew? Former Edmonton Oiler. He used to be on the Oilers' top power play. Yeah, and he's clearly proven that he can park himself in front of a net and and bang in uh, bang in some cheap ones for you. Um, I would have considered him um, as a pickup in very deep leagues were it not for this miserable schedule. Yeah. So, I mean, this is week one, but if you make it through to the semifinals, maybe take another look and see if Shayson is out there once you'll be able to actually fit him into some games. Also, I'll throw out another name that you're not going to want to grab now and things could change, but Pew Suter has been playing on the top line with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond. I swear, I recall when the wings acquired Suter was to be like a third line center, but I guess now he's uh you know, getting the byfield treatment or like uh, the, I guess, Tavares treatment going going to the wing. Or maybe is he, or is he centering and Larkin? I don't even know. Who cares? Anyways, it's probably not going to last. So it doesn't matter. Okay. And then in Florida. Who cares? You're <laughs> I mean, 2023 Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long can I really, what am I going to now throw to you to like give your intense detailed analysis of Pew Suter playing with Larkin? <laughs> and I throw that in the bin. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, let's finish off over in Florida where, okay, in that last game yesterday, I was seeing tweets that were saying that Aaron Ekblad was off the top power play for a little bit and Florida was going with a five forward configuration and I'm seeing here that yes, that was the case for part of this game against the Jets. They were going Barkov, Reinhardt for Hagee, uh, Kachuk, and Duclair. I'm seeing for a little bit, but I don't know, still over in the end. And then uh, Ekblad, actually Montour got more power play time. So all this to say, you look at someone like Aaron Ekblad, who you drafted super high in your fantasy league, hoping he'd be a really reliable defenseman to you. And he only has one goal in his last 12 games, no assists. The shots are there. Like you would think like the underlyings indicate he should be able to bounce back, though I don't love how his power play role seems to be going down, at least in the last game. And then you add to that Florida only playing Thursday, Saturday. Would you, Steve Laidlaw, dare dropping Aaron Ekblad going into your week next week? Like, let's say you can add, like, no, like, obviously Sandine, you're going to say for sure. But, you know, like, a level down from that. Like, I'm trying, I'm looking back at people we've talked about today. I guess, like, like a John Klingberg, let's say, is out there who plays Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Do you dare drop an Aaron Ekblad, uh, even though you spent so much draft capital on him back in September? Not for Klingberg, but I could consider Klingberg as part of like a streaming schedule type thing that you do. Like if you got a bunch of moves to burn, say you got three moves in a week, you say, okay, this Ekblad spot, I'm going to get almost nothing out of him. Like on those busy nights that he is playing, he might not even be in my top four defensemen. I've got six good defensemen. Maybe I turn this into a streaming spot and I get a bunch of stats that I wouldn't have otherwise. Um, If you're talking like a start sit example, like if we got news that Sergachev was off the top power play again, I'd still probably roll Sergachev out instead of Ekblad. Like there's lots of circumstances where I'd be just kind of done with Ekblad until he's got a lot more game volume for me. Mm -hmm. So definitely, uh, definitely circumstantial. There's no one player that I'm like, ah, well, here's actually a name from the chat here. Okay. Owen power, who we talked about if uh, Darlene is injured and Buffalo has those four off day games next week. The thing that makes it complicated is after next week for the following two weeks, Florida plays four times in each of those weeks. And then what if your opponent grabs Ekblad 
and then he beats you too. But I mean, it's not only just low games. It's also he's like ice, ice cold. So, yeah, I mean, you do what you got to do to survive in advance. Right. Um, while we were talking here, I was just um, looking at my league. I wanted to make sure that I was kind of locked into winning enough categories that I would hold on to my first place. Um, so I didn't need Hartman's game for the night. So I dropped Hartman in order to get Owen Power into my yeah. lineup. And if it turns out that Darlene's going to play, then, then Power's out. And Darlene comes in, but otherwise, so if, you know, if part of your strategy is Owen power and like, he might only have one game before Darlene comes back in, well, that's one really good game. And then it's part of a streaming strategy. But if it's, you know, if you only have the one weekly lineup set, then I'm not sure that I'm taking Owen power as the guy that I'm streaming in because ultimately he might be in that secondary role and not producing a ton of offense. So I might look at a different option instead of, uh, of an Owen power. If you don't have um, more moves that you can make. Yeah. So it, this is the time when things get tough. It's also an opportunity for people in like keeper leagues, you know, like Ekblad probably should still be really good. I'd imagine still. So if someone drops him for a tough schedule and, you know, it's a keep eight, maybe it's a good opportunity to get someone like that. If, if you're not going for it, uh, by the way, uh, we talked about Rasmus Anderson before he just, uh, so it turns out that this last Calgary goal that I talked about where I was like, Oh, I got an assist from Peltier. It looks like that got called back. So that sucks. Uh, but Rasmus Anderson did score a shorthanded goal now, assisted by Backlund and Lindholm. So I guess we gave him chances saying here. We gave him the KK bump, uh, just like how we were going to talk about how, uh, who was it? We were going to talk about someone who was super cold and then he scored two goals today. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Jesper Brad over on New Jersey. So just uh, talking about a cold player and it, it uh, you know, turns things around. So maybe that just means that Aaron Ekblad's about to go off for like five points next week and maybe you shouldn't drop him. Uh, but anyway, Steve, so we did it. We made it through all 32 teams. It just took us a couple hours, like nothing. This has been so much fun. Uh, so yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. I think the listeners are really going to love this episode. Is there anything you want to tell people to check out or look into that you're working on? You always have some interesting stuff. I love. I said at the start, I love that podcast so much. I was thinking I wanted to use some time today to like we could like redraft some draft that you haven't uh, covered yet. Uh, but obviously, we didn't have time for that. But I really love that series. Is that something you're thinking of bringing back at some point? Uh, perhaps, but. Um... You know, work and life has uh, gotten in the way of podcasting. Um, so it, it was fun to do while we all kind of had way more time on our hands than um, we otherwise would have. Um, and now I've kind of since retired the podcast. But like I said, I've, I've found my niche and that's as a uh, as a pinch hitter. So um, you can consider me the uh, the Carol Vimelka of podcasting. <laughs> hey, I mean, we'll definitely take you up on it. And anytime that uh, one of us can't make it, it's always so awesome to have you on. I want to hear that parable about the scorpion and, and the frog a few more times. So I guess we'll have to wait until next time to get it again. But yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I want to wish uh, good luck to all of the couple participants who have made it to their playoffs. Congratulations on making it this far. And now all you got to do is win three more weeks. Or if you got to buy just two more weeks, you, ultimate glory. Okay, so congrats and thanks everyone for playing there. And good luck to you know and everyone in all your leagues you know though there might be two people that are playing each other that are both listening and it's kind of weird for me to say good luck to all of you because only one person could win so uh may the best person win let's just say that have fun and uh with that let's cue the outro music brian usually reads some credits here i do not have them in front of me but thanks so much to the super supporters uh i guess i won't name you but uh, you'll you'll get back to being named that's the perk uh next week 
And um, outro music is by Pat Roach. Uh, thanks so much to Kevin for helping run the couple. You're amazing. Shams retweeting everything over at uh, gamedaytweets.com. Definitely check that out. Steve, I made a website. Did you, did you, did you ever see it? Gamedaytweets.com. We do retweets from a bunch of accounts, and then they auto-populate on this site for line combos and goalies and news. Pretty, it's pretty cool, I think. That's breaking news to me. I'll, I will have to check it out. What I like about it is that it's like the tweets, like what you see is the actual tweets from the beat writers. You know, like when, when some sites like show line combinations and you don't know, like, where did this come from? I, I don't know. Like, uh, did they just make this up or is this from a, a source? Here it's like all, all just the tweets. So you know that it's, it's legit stuff. So, uh, but anyways, I don't know why I'm trying to sell you here. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and once again, thanks everyone for listening. We're going to have some short shifts episodes coming next week. Try to keep you up to date and successful in your fantasy leagues. So until uh, I talk to you again, Uh, Why don't you just all have fun in your playoffs? Good luck and do your best to keep making sure that fantasy hockey is for everyone.